amen for the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. What a great day. What a great day. If you have your Bibles, hope you bring your Bibles. Always important to bring your Bible to church. Hope you bring your Bibles. Would you open them, please, first to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And once you've found that place, put a marker there. Matthew chapter 2, put a marker there. And then turn forward to Luke chapter 2. I'll be going back and forth between Matthew and, and Luke. Okay? And so it's exciting. Well, I, it's always a joy to be back at, at Calvary Baptist Church here at Hollister. And just a blessing to be here. Want to, uh, boy, your, your decorations are lovely. Love the tree, the wreath. Love the, the different flowers, the poinsettias, and a Savior is born. What a, what a praise that is. Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. Houses and trees have been decorated already. Presents are starting to appear under the tree. A constant reminder to our children and husbands, don't touch. Don't touch. Christmas is wonderful. For you, this is going to be a, for many, it's going to be a, just a, a wonderful Christmas time. For some, they'll be celebrating Christmas in a new city. Maybe they just, just you just moved to Hollister. This is your first time celebrating Christmas in Hollister or, or San Jose or nearby. For some, it may be this year you've got a new home, a house. It's going to be your first Christmas in that new house. Oh, you're excited. You've got the special icicle lighting so you put everything up so you're decorated, looking good. For some, they just got married this last year. This is going to be their first Christmas married. Oh, that's exciting. Or maybe a new child. A new child has come into your home and, boy, children are excited at Christmas. That is just a wonderful time. What a great time that is. And... Uh, and so for you and for many, Christmas is wonderful. But not everyone will have a wonderful Christmas. For some, for some, this will be the first Christmas that they celebrate Christmas and that particular person, that family member, that dear friend is not with us. They died this last year. This will be the first Christmas to celebrate without them. When we sit down at the Christmas dinner, their chair is going to be empty. It's going to be a sad time. Some, some have experienced financial struggles. It's not going to be nearly as nice a Christmas as they had hoped. They're having their straps. Everything's tight. Everything's gotten more expensive. I mean, even though they keep telling me this Bidenomics is working, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> and so it's, it's going to be a tough time. For some, they'll be all by themselves this Christmas. They'll be lonely this last year. And so while some are experiencing great joy, others are going to be experiencing sadness. 
Which leads to the question often asked, who is Christmas for? Often you hear people, the common answer you hear, usually I hear, is, oh, Christmas is for the children. It's for the children. And it is for the children, I agree with that, but it's much more than that. You see, I believe that Christmas is for you. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, for unto you a Savior is born. Unto you. Christmas is for you. Christmas is, is just a tremendous time. It is the greatest day in all of history when Christ, when a, when a holy God is going to take human flesh that he might die for a sinful humanity. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which meaning is, my interpretation is, God with us. God with us. This past week, I've had opportunity to read through Matthews uh, 1 and 2 repeatedly. Uh, Luke, oh my goodness, there's so many things you read about it. And, and I was reading a great verse, it's not my message this morning, of course, but, but I was reading a great message. Usually when you read the, the birth of Christ, you stop at verse 14. Well, I kept reading through the end of the chapter, and I got to verse 33 of chapter 2 of Luke. And it says, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And I had to stop, and I thought, Joseph and his mother. It didn't say his father and mother, although some translations say that. In fact, almost all other translations say that, with the exception of King James and the New King James. It says, and Joseph and his what? No, Joseph wasn't the father of Christ. Je Jesus Christ is, the, is going to be, according to uh, Luke chapter 1, in Luke chapter 1, it says in uh, uh, verse 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring, a, bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Oh, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He is God. He is God. Well, this morning, and the message of Christmas is that a holy God would take human form that he might save a sinful humanity. In John chapter 1, we read in our scripture reading this morning, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we got all the way down to verse 14, the last verse we read. It says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus Christ came that he might bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. It's for everyone. 
The message of Christmas is that Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Savior of this world. So this morning, I want to preach a message. And it's kind of, to be honest, I have to switch. I'm going to kind of be transparent this morning. The message I have here is going to be about an hour and 20, sorry, 24, 25 minutes. Hour and 20 minutes. So I'm going to cut it in half. Is that okay? Can I just cut it in half? And so I'll preach the first half of it this morning, and you've got to come back tonight. Say, Pastor, I don't like those two-parters. I don't like those to be continued movies. Uh, to be continued later. Oh, boy, I always miss it. I never find out how it ends. So you want to come back tonight. You say, Pastor, you're just trying to get us to come back tonight. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's what I want you to do. But, uh, but anyway, so I'm going to only preach half of it, if that's okay. And I'll still stay within our time frame and be able to do that. And so the first part of this message is missing Christmas. Missing Christmas. Did you know that millions of people today are going to miss Christmas? Now, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, how in the world could anyone miss Christmas? They've been decorations. Decorations went up after Halloween. They started advertising stuff back before Thanksgiving. Black Friday, Black Monday, Black, every day. Every day is a black day. I'm telling you, just do something. Buy something. How in the world can you miss it? I mean, you can't miss it. Well, it's possible to do the lights and to do the tree and to do all the presents and all the gifts and go to all the parties participate in all the festivities and still miss Christmas. Say, what? You see, we're all consumed with what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about Christ. Unless we rethink this, unless we refocus upon the real meaning of Christmas, we're going to miss it. And I believe today that millions of people are going to miss Christmas. Maybe some of you here might miss Christmas for the same reason that they missed the first Christmas. Say, what? People, people missed the first Christmas? Let me share a few of those this morning. First one's found here in Luke chapter 2. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because... There was no room for them in the inn. And there were also shepherds. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Missing Christmas. The first person that's going to miss Christmas is going to be the innkeeper. The innkeeper misses it. I mean, now understand me this morning. The innkeeper is not a bad person. He's not a bad guy. The reason he misses Christmas is because he's so busy. He's so busy. I mean, he's busy. I'm, hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of people have made their way to Bethlehem. I mean, there's this tax thing that's going on. And they've made their way to Bethlehem. And Joseph and Mary also. They've been traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And when they get there, the saddest words of the Christmas passage is verse 7. When it says, there was no room for them anymore. There's no room. You see, he's not a, wasn't a bad person. In fact, I think he was a good person. He saw the dilemma. He's, he knows, I mean, he's going to have a child. I mean, she's, she's ready to pop. She's ready to go. He sees it. And he says, well, he says, uh, you, you can use my stable. You can use the stable in the back. I mean, he tried to help him as much as he could. But he was busy. The inn was full that day. He was busy. I mean, he's trying to meet the needs of all the people there. He, he wants to keep that five-star rating. I mean, he's telling them, you know, give me a happy face, you know, when you, when, when you check out. You know, give me a good, 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 good review. I need a good review. He was busy. He was very grateful for the star that shone above his place that night. That's free advertising. Yeah, my goodness, every business person there. That's, that's a good thing. But he's so busy trying to meet the needs of everyone else that he simply misses Christmas. Can I tell you this morning? I'm afraid sometimes we get like that. We get so busy, we forget that Christmas is here. Heard of a lady, a woman, who's going to take her small little boy and they need to do some last-minute shopping. So they make their way to the mall the weekend before Christmas. There's not a parking space to be had. I mean, that's, I mean they got a park in the North 40 out there, finally. They find a place, they make their way into the mall, and it is shoulder to shoulder inside the mall. And they're, trying, they're busy, they're going along, and she's trying to get some things done. And finally she looks and she realizes her son is not with her. Oh, my goodness, she panics. She panics. She's looking everywhere. She's trying to find her son. Where'd he go? Oh, my goodness, her heart is just pounding. And she begins to backtrack, and she, she makes her way. And finally, she sees her son. He's got his nose up against a glass window of a store. And on the other side of the window is a, is a, is a store display, and this store has displayed the manger scene. And he's just fixed on that. He's looking in, looking in, and she hollers his name. He looks up, 
she's upset. She's excited. She says, Mommy, Mommy, it's baby Jesus. She takes him by the arm and she says, I know, we don't have time for that. Let's go. We got, we got things to do. Oh, how typical that is. Oh, I know, but we don't have time for that. We don't have, we don't have time for Jesus at Christmas. Here in the book of Luke, let me share another example of that. Look at chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. It's a familiar passage, I'm sure. You've seen it before. Jesus is going to go to the house of Mary and Martha. Verse 38, it says, It came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And she came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Do you understand what happened there? Martha is so busy, she's trying to serve and trying to meet the needs, and, and she looks and she sees her sister. She's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. What is she, doesn't she... Don't we know we've got things to do? We've got work. We, we, man, there's so much to do. The innkeeper is going to miss Christmas because he's just too busy. Too busy. Notice the second person. It's found in Matthew. Would you, you have a marker there in Matthew? Look back to Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2, excuse me. Matthew chapter 2. In verse 1 it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, the first person to miss Christmas, I believe, was the innkeeper because he was too busy. The second person that misses Christmas is Herod. Herod the king. Now, Herod is going to miss Christmas for an entirely different reason. It's not that he's too busy. He misses Christmas because he's threatened by Christmas. Threatened by Christmas. Do you, do you understand the way, how he must have felt? All of a sudden, three wise, we don't know how many, the wise men, I said three, I don't know that, could have been more. Wise men appear, and they ask him a question. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? Wait a minute, Herod's thinking, I'm the king. I'm the one who's in charge. I'm the one that's in control. I mean, he, Herod doesn't want someone else to be king. Herod doesn't want someone else to, to, to uh, have control. Not even Christ. Did you know that today, even in America, there are a lot of people that are threatened by Christmas? They're threatened by it. Or by the true meaning of Christmas, Christmas anyway. They, they, don't, they don't want someone to have authority over them. They don't want someone to say, thus saith the Lord. They don't want that. You know what they'd rather do? They'd rather kill him. Let's destroy him. We've seen protests all over the country, yea, around the world, who are trying to kill uh, the, the river from, from the river to the sea. He's moved. What? 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 I quick uh, quick commercial. I'm proudly wearing my American flag, along with my Israeli flag. In support of Israel. You say, you support? Oh, yes, 100%. You see, if all of those people had their way, they'd just kill every Jew there is. They'd just they'd be so mad. You say, oh, you're just one of those, uh, you're, you're a MAGA Republican. Isn't that, I get tired of hearing about MAGA Republican. I think MAGA is a good thing. Make, a, make America great again, isn't it? That sounds, that, I think that's a pretty good thing. So I've started referring to the others that call me that. I call them, you're anti-MAGA Democrats. There you go. <laughs> you're an anti-MAGA. You don't, you don't want America to be great again. Oh, yes, we do. Well, then, okay, then you're a MAGA too. We want to make America great. No, there are a lot of people in this world. They're threatened by the Christ of Christmas. They're threatened by it. They don't want someone to have authority. They don't want to accept that. And so they deny. They won't. They won't even say Merry Christmas. They won't even say it. I mean, let's, I mean you say, well, what are they, they, won't, they, won't, they won't let it cross their lips. People are going to miss Christmas just as the innkeeper did because he's too busy. They're going to miss Christmas just as Herod missed Christmas because he's threatened by it. He's threatened by it. He doesn't want he does, another king. He tells us, listen, when you finally find him, Come back and tell me where he is because I want to worship him too. Is that what he said in verse, uh, verse 8? That I may come and worship him also. You know Herod's a king, right? A politician. 
They very rarely say what they mean and mean what they say. He doesn't have any desire of worshiping Christ. So how do you know that? Because I saw it in verse number, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, and was ex- he was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. He says, oh boy, I don't know if this Christ is alive or not. I'm, we're going to kill them all. Let's just kill them all. Get rid of every boy, child, two years and under. Let's just kill them. He's threatened by Christmas. Notice the third people, group of people that are threatened by Christmas. It's the religious people. The religious people, they're going to miss Christmas. <laughs> These wise men come. They ask Herod, where is he this born king of the Jews? I don't know. So he goes to his religious group. He goes to his scribes and Pharisees. His scri- it says in verse, uh, uh, verse 4, when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. Did you know these religious people they knew exactly where Jesus was going to be born. They knew it. They, they, they quoted this. They're going to quote Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. They know exactly where Christ is going to be born. But would they leave Jerusalem to go a few miles to Bethlehem that they might worship and see the Christ? No. No. You see, I believe that the religious people miss Christmas because they have a head knowledge but not a heart knowledge. You realize how many people in this world know, if you want, I don't care, you can walk down any street, any street in Holliston, you can go to the mall, you can go to the shopping center, wherever you want to go, you can start asking people as they walk by you, what is the, what is the meaning of Christmas? And you might get lots of answers, but ultimately you're going to say, well, if you start to prod them just a little bit, well, what about Jesus? Oh, yeah, that's the birthday of Jesus. They know it. They sing the songs. They, 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 they know. They've got a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. There's a lot of people. You go out knocking on doors, ask a person you know, where they go to church, Oh, I go to such and such a church. I go to this Catholic church. I go to that church. I go, and they start telling you where they go to church. You say, well, have you ever received Christ as your Savior? And they look at you like you're talking Greek. They don't know. They know about Jesus. They know. They've never been saved. Do you understand how many people there are in this world that they can tell us about Jesus. Where was Jesus born? Oh, he's been born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. How many years ago was that? Ooh, 2,023 years ago. <laughs> the calendar, there we go. They know, they know. The problem is they have a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. It may be possible that you're here this morning and you've never been saved. You got a head knowledge, 
The Bible says that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Nicodemus is a prime example of that. Don't have time to turn to John chapter 3 this morning. But you're familiar with Nicodemus. He's a, he's a Pharisee who comes to Jesus by night and says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. What does Jesus say to him? He looks him straight in the eye and says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus, who's a very religious man, says, be born again? Can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born again? He didn't know. He didn't know. People are going to miss Christmas because they have a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge. The fourth group of people, and I'll kind of quickly go through that one, but it's the people of Nazareth. The people of Nazareth. You'd think, you'd think if they're going to experience Christmas and not miss it, that the people in Nazareth would recognize it. But they don't. Just, you think it, you, you're going to have to help me now. The Bible doesn't tell us this. But do you think that Jesus ever did some great and mighty things when he was just a boy? I mean, he was God. Did he? Well, I do know later on in chapter 2 of, uh, of, um, of Luke that he, when he, remember when he was 12 years old? Right? He goes to the temple. His, his parents, it, it's the time of the Passover. That his parents, Mary and uh, his mother Mary and Joseph are going to take him to, 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 to the temple, to Jerusalem, and they're going to, to worship there. And, and they're now on the way back, and, and Mary and Joseph say, hey, where's Jesus? Uh, I thought he was with you. He's not with me. Right? I thought he was with you. He's not with me either. Where is he? So now they make their way back. They've been gone several days now. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> can, can you, I mean, that's a whole other subject. Start thinking about losing your child for three days. <laughs> and he's only 12. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, that's kind of, but anyway, they can't find him. And finally, they find him. He's in the temple. And all the religious leaders, they are amazed and astonished at his speech. His wisdom, his knowledge. Well, the people in Nazareth, they're going to miss Christmas because they're so familiar with him. I mean, they were just, they saw him all the time. They saw him all the time. You ever notice that sometimes the things of God, because we do it all the time, because we see it all the time, it just becomes commonplace. It just does. I pastored for 45 years. It's interesting to watch people when they walk into the, to the house of God. Some come very respectful, sit down, quiet, hands folded, come up and pray. But others, and sometimes our children especially, church has become commonplace. It's just a building like any other building. They're running up and down the pews. They're doing all kinds of stuff, back and forth. Hey, hey no running in church. Uh, no, we don't eat in church. Uh, no food, no drink. We're not... We like coffee. Okay, drink it outside. 
He says, my goodness, Mike, you are tricked. You know what I mean? You're going to the house of God. I mean, that's the way I was raised. This, is, this isn't just any place. This is church. We're, we're, going, we're going to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, remember, I'm looking at some older people, help. Hey, how am I supposed to dress today? Uh, wear your Sunday clothes. You remember when we had Sunday clothes and everyday clothes? Remember that? We used to have Sunday clothes and everyday clothes. What shoes do you want? You wear your Sunday shoes. I mean, if it happened to be Tuesday and you're wearing your good, hey, those are Sunday shoes. You need to go, go back, take those off. Those are for Sunday. That's what we wear to church. Why? Because we're going to be respectful. I'm afraid oftentimes people miss the things of God and miss Christmas. Because it just becomes so familiar. It's just something we do. Something we do. This morning, missing Christmas. The innkeeper misses it because he's so busy. He's just so busy, he's going he's gonna to miss it. Herod, he's, he's threatened by it. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want someone to be king over him. The religious leaders, they, they have a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. Nazareth, it just becomes so familiar. So my question to you this morning, are you going to enjoy, experience Christmas, or are you going to miss it? Now, the second half of the message is experiencing Christmas. And that's tonight. That's tonight. Hope you'll come back tonight. You're gonna, oh, don't, don't, don't miss tonight. Tonight's the positive part of this thing. You want to be back tonight. But don't miss Christmas. You know that little song we sang all the time? Have you any room for Jesus? Have you any room for Jesus? The saddest words of the Christmas story, I believe, is no room for them in the end. You ever notice we have room for everything and anything? Room for houses, lands, and pleasures. Room for things that fade away. But for the one who lives forever, there's no room for them. Let's bow our heads and hearts.